One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance on a Friday afternoon. So excited to have everybody along. Uh, and thank you again for the continued support. Uh, I get tons of messages, uh, LinkedIn messages, Twitter messages, Facebook from the audience. Um, you guys are amazing and uh, certainly appreciate all the love and support and look forward to having another fantastic show. And I'm excited about this one. Uh, the person I'm bringing on today is a professional life coach, mentor, leadership trainer, and speaker that helps men and women reach their career and relationship goals. As an executive director with the John Maxwell team, she has numerous leadership tools to elevate leaders, their teams, as well as businesses. She has a heart to serve, a love for personal development with an enormous passion to help people reach their best potential. At the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, she was in a 17-year lucrative career in the healthcare industry and decided to utilize a time of great transition to offer her gifts to individuals and businesses that also wanted to make the most of who they are. So she launched her business uh, to really help people land their dream jobs. It really, anybody who's been unemployed or laid off or contemplating a transition, uh, she's going to help you land your dream job. But we're talking about something entirely different today. That's just who she is. But we really want to get into the fact that she's had to launch all of this uh, and build all of this while being an introvert. So I think it's going to be a great conversation. Let's bring her on right now. Jonna Danielle, how are you doing, Jonna? I am doing great. Thank you for having me today, Rick. Oh, we're so excited. So Jonna and I, we, we have to be fully transparent on the show. She, you and I both know each other from the John Maxwell team, both servers uh, in, the, in the food room is, is what I call it, uh, where we get to greet almost everybody that's at IMC uh, right there in the cross ties. But that's how you and I met was, was serving the team. Absolutely. Yep. Lunchroom servers from the get-go of executive directors. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and I, and I've told several stories about that, but the, those people that I, I miss the Marriott people, I miss coming in and having a line of them just say good morning to us. And, you know, they, they were, they're such a great, uh, a great staff and a great team there. So for those that don't know, you know, we talk about introverts, extroverts, what really to you is, I have a definition of what, what it means, but what does an introvert mean to you? So, First, let me start with like the dictionary definition, because what they say is a reserved or shy person who enjoys spending time alone. And then when you kind of dig deeper and myself personally, I wouldn't call myself a shy person. I just basically at the end of a social interaction or engagement or an event like the IMC that we go to need a little bit more downtime than your next person. Or I prefer one-on-one -on -one conversations versus talking to a big group of people. Doesn't mean I can't do that. It's a preference. So instead of small talk, many of us introverts prefer, prefer a little bit more of an in-depth conversation, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm considered more of an extrovert, except that in the, in the scenario that I need that downtime as well. Like I need, um, but I feel personally from a definition, I feel like an extrovert is that I get my energy from an audience versus getting my energy from, from the downtime. I need the downtime. But uh, I'll give every ounce I have if I'm on front of a stage of 5,000, and the more, the better for me. In fact, if, if I'm talking to four people or to one person, I find that more draining than, right, if I got 5,000 people in the room, I can, I can do that stuff all day. No notes, no bullet points, let's go. I'll just make stuff up. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I feel. So the, it's that really that energy level at the end of the day, though. But why why do we think introverts and then shy it gets so misconstrued? Why do we think it gets so misconstrued? Um, I think it's like anything. We have a picture painted in our head. And, you know, if, if you don't know, then you don't know. So a lot of people who are completely really, really high on the extrovert spectrum, which there is a spectrum. We know that, right? There's yep. a really high extrovert level. Then there's a really high introvert level. Then there's the people right in between. And then I know there's, um, what is the word for somebody who's pretty equal on both? There's a word for it and I'll think of it. But, um, you know, so I, I just think that we all have our own perceptions and, and most people think that introverts are shy and don't really like being in the crowd and all that kind of stuff. But one thing you just mentioned that I kind of remembered, 
when we're at our IMCs, people who are listening, they don't realize that we're going, we're going from like 6am in the morning until, you know, later into the day. And one thing that I remember when I first met you as an introvert, I don't know if you remember this, I came up to you and I was like, question this question, 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 question. And you go, Hey, are you a C? Like you ask a lot of questions. (laughs) And I said, actually, yes, I am. But that also is actually hand in hand with an introvert. We do tend to want to prepare. We want to know what am I going into when possible? It helps us to kind of relax a little bit, you know? And so, and you, we could throw you in a room with 3,000 people. <laughs> That's what I did. I just yes. showed up. And you They're showed like, up. What do we do? I don't yep. know. Just stand over you, there and just talk yeah. to people. <laughs> but you helped calm me down because you were still kind enough to answer some of my questions. So I knew, you know, and so I oh. thought, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and so, you know, I, there's this concept of this perfect leader, which, which doesn't exist, right? It's all, it's all within ourselves. And also I feel like there's different skill sets at different times. There's different times where you need a, a boisterous leader and there's times where you need that calm thinking leader, right? And, and everywhere in between, but how do introverts make good leaders? So I think one of the reasons if we're to generalize is good listening skills, um, most of us would rather be listening and asking questions and listening versus being the center of attention and really kind of out there in the open. Um, A person who comes to mind, you know, Joel Osteen? Oh yeah. Okay. So he was always behind the scenes when his father was a pastor. That's the way he's like the, the perfect example. He did not want to be on the stage. He didn't have the desire to be a pastor. When his father passed away, it was his why kind of took him, his purpose took him to the center of the stage. So once again, you could call it shy or whatever you want that he was behind the scenes, but in reality, he's not because he went and look at what he does now. And he's, you know, this huge figure in all of that. So that's an example of, I think, um, an introverted leader. And then also other than the listening skills, um, negotiation is another one that a lot of introverts excel in. And so in leadership, that's a really good skill. Once again, I think it's kind of this quiet, assertiveness. It's not your boisterous and, you know, um, necessarily always high energy, but um, definitely leadership that's, that's a little bit different, that tends to be, you know, really focused on one-on-one versus, again, a bigger group. It's interesting that you said negotiation. I mean, as I think through that, that's, uh, I, I feel like I'm pretty strong negotiator mm-hmm. through, through business, but that's something I felt like I had to learn to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were laughing about it and I'll tell you the story later when we're off air, but, um, you know, I had to light up a company today, but I walked them into a trap for 10 minutes before I revealed the information that I had just so that, you know, it was more impactful instead of coming out of the gate and just like, you know, blowing it up, um, getting them talking, getting them to, to kind of share their position before I took mine, um, but it, now that you say that as that that's something i've had to learn to slow down mm-hmm. and 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 not have the gotcha ready you know ready to come out of the gate so i think that's interesting mm-hmm. um an interesting take on it you know when when you and i talk there's a lot of i don't want to say fear i fear fears fears a tough word to to say but you overcame a lot of personal doubts I think it's probably a better, we can call it fear. We can wrap it in fear, but you had to overcome a lot of personal doubts in in launching your business. What was that like? Or what were a couple of those examples that you felt you were struggling with a little bit more because you were an introvert versus um, what you thought maybe comes easier to somebody else? So one of the things nowadays we know, if you're going to be an influencer, a coach, a consultant, you do need to kind of be on social media. And it's just something, it's the world that we live in. So for me being an introvert, that was beyond scary. And it's also just not a world I really necessarily had the desire to be on and kind of get consumed in. But that's the way to reach more people. So once again, if I want to help other people, then I have to go, okay, if I want to do that, then part of that means being on social media. That was definitely a fear and also just something I wasn't really wanting to put myself out there. But again, my why was bigger than that. And so that's why I chose to do it. Also with speaking, being on videos, knowing that videos are going to reach more people, again, more people that you can help. So learning how to kind of let go of, yeah, you're going to be judged. 
yes, people are going to not like you. That That's the same thing in real life. And so when I used to kind of think, well, shoot, I don't want them to judge me or the people that know me are going to think I'm crazy for leaving this great career and, you know, putting myself out there online. But it, it's just, it's part of the process and it's so worth getting over the fear. Um, do I have time to share a couple others or? Um, I think we'll, we'll do that when we come back. It's yeah. funny that you said it. Just a, again, a, a fair warning or full of transparency. Um, I feel more prepared for this podcast than really any others because of the phone calls that you and I had uh, to go through that, which you drew. But but I was just contemplating that um, on Wednesday, I showed up to a podcast. It was called the Capital Gains Tax. So so mainly they, they talked to high net worth people and how to um, save money through capital gains tax and having a process. And so I had no idea why he booked me on the show or what I could even offer. And we ended up having a phenomenal conversation, but I was just like, all right, let's go. Right? I showed up to the podcast. Like, what do you want me to talk about? Um, which is, which isn't always a good thing, right? Cause there's sometimes where it ends really awkward or, or I definitely missed the mark. Um, and so there's almost, it's, I don't want to say it's a cockiness, but overconfidence sometimes that I do have something to say versus taking the time as you did to go, okay, who are your listeners? You know, what, do, <laughs> what will we think it works? I think that's interesting as a compare and contrast. I had no idea we were going to go down the path of truly comparing and contrasting our personality styles, but what, what, what does work is our friendship and relationship. So that's cool. Absolutely. So uh, the fact that you have the respect and understanding of, of both, but you were always a calming force for me in the food room as well, just because <laughs> you kind of, I sat side by side and did our thing. But um, I think when we come back, I'd love to get into some of the examples um, of some of these fears that we had to overcome. And also just, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just also just really saying exactly what they are. And maybe, maybe somebody's listening is dealing with that same thing. So what steps you took to overcome it versus just identifying what you needed Definitely. to overcome. So we'll do that uh, just on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions, like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. On this Friday afternoon, we're visiting with Jonna Danielle, who owns Jonna Danielle Coaching. So it's it's a snappy name that, uh, <laughs> that you need to, to, to catch on to. It's really hard to remember if you know Jonna. Um, but... Um, we were leading into the break. We were talking about fears and, and kind of 
certain things you felt like you had to overcome because you were an introvert. So why don't you give us a couple of examples of that? So I mentioned social media and, you know, putting yourself out there, um, fear of being judged. And, and so that would be the same thing in a classroom growing up, you know, getting in front of the class, raising your hand and speaking. Um, I think with maturity, you grow confidence with learning more about, you know, your personality and accepting it um, instead of faking it till you make it. You know, I used to kind of tell people that and it's like, no, you can still learn skills that are going to put yourself out there and challenge yourself, but you don't need to be fake in order to do that. Um, Lots of fears, Rick. Um, you know, I used to fear flying, scuba diving, and that one's my favorite. Can I stop on yeah. that one for a sec? Yeah, okay. So I don't remember this, but my mom said, you wouldn't even like look down into the water because you were so afraid. And I'd think of anything you could think of. So I was 29, about 10 years ago. And I thought, you know what? That's it. Why am I doing this? Why am I so fearful? So I threw myself in a class of all men in Washington State in the winter time. Of course. And we go through these classes. And along the way, I thought the fear was going to go away. I thought, okay, I'm going to overcome this fear. And we're talking about overcoming fear. But really what it is, is it's not like it 100% goes away. You make little steps. And the fear with scuba diving is my example for everything in life, though. Because each step along the way, when they told me all the horrible things that were down there that could, you know, be poisonous or this and that, I thought, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But I kept that inside and I kept taking a step further because it meant something to me to work through the fear to do it anyways, right? We've heard that a million times. Feel the fear, do it anyways. That's the, the biggest example in my life that I really did try to work through it. And then, you know, you do the pool dive and you're, you know, going down 12 feet take your gear off, put it back on, go back to the top, all these things until you get into the open water. And then you get down there and the breathing and you hear yourself and it's this peaceful, still kind of anxiety producing thing. But it was an example of putting myself out there and help, you know, working through the fear. So I tell people that story because I think we can do that with anything in our lives. Um, so that's really huge for me is is making sure that you find whatever those things are for you and taking baby steps to get through it to the other side because so many amazing things happen. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Fear, fear isn't something that I, I fear more uh, difficult outcomes than I do. You know, you're like, Hey, you want to get on a roller coaster? Heck yeah. Let's go. You want to jump out of a plane? Sure. Scuba dive, whatever. <laughs> um, it's when I'm down there that I was like, are there things that could kill me down here? You know, that's like, what, and so I don't know if that's a, it's a good thing or not, but uh, I think that's, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, one of the things I hear about introverts and I, you know, I've thought it before as well is, is the moment you meet somebody, you know, that's a little bit socially awkward or they're, you know, they, they have that weird handshake or they, they invert their eyes when, when they're meeting somebody, um, which let's just talk about that for a second. Cause I want to come back to the socially awkward, but even that, right. That becomes a trained behavior, right? Is your natural kind of like it, it, it being shy in a way, but you have to like tell yourself, look them in the eye, shake their hand, you know, be there. Like, is there any of that going on? Well, I can picture a moment when the first international John Maxwell conference, you know how we have to do our five minute speech at every conference, right? Yep. So I've been to six now. So let's go to the first time. I was literally standing behind the curtain, okay, where someone took my picture. And I was so terrified to go down into the hall of 3000 people and, you know, do this first speech. Now, fast forward, every single event, I got better. So that to me, if you would have seen me in the room, it would have looked very socially awkward. The eye contact part is different. I've been pretty good with that. Um, but I, I can see where people think that some introverts are socially awkward because we do tend to be kind of internal and think a lot before we speak. We don't always just jump in, you know? Um, so that could be misconstrued as socially awkward. Uh, I'm sure there's some of us that are, but I think it depends on how much you work on it too, right? As you get older and mature, what career you choose. If you're in IT, it might be a little easier to stay a little behind the scenes and you might not have to make eye contact as much. Um, someone like me, that wasn't an option. You know, you have to get out there and do your job and interact with people and everything like that. Yeah. As I think through that, I'm thinking through So, you know, again, at, at IMC, I have, I have a role, I have a job. Um, I know where I stand in the organization. And so it's very easy for me to meet people and, and direct them and do a, you know, eye contact and try to make them feel comfortable. It's my job to try to make them feel comfortable. Right. Um, 
but I, I, when you were talking about the, the eye contact thing for their, uh, when, when I do these keynote speeches and, you know, it's been a while since I've gotten to go to a conference and do a keynote speech, but normally there's a speaker dinner. And so normally it's the top four or five people that are being paid and they take you out to dinner and they, they, they like to, to um, explore your brain a little bit, you know, but it's always like, I'm socially awkward in that situation. And, and everybody thinks I'm an introvert during that because I just don't talk because most of it's a brag session. And I'm not interested. Well, I spoke at this event and I did this event. Like, and I like to get into like, you know, what's the problem we can solve and let, let's all dive in. And in fact, one of my best friends, Colin Ellis, uh, he and I met that way where we're at the speaker dinner and he and I just kind of kept going off into the corner because we wanted to talk about like real stuff and like get into it and understand each other's experience. But my, but my point to that is, is like, I feel so socially awkward at the table at dinner because I don't want to be there. I don't want to have that conversation and I'm not trying to one up the next guy. I, I'll, I'll let my stage talk do the talking for me. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. But I just find that interesting. Um, I haven't really related that, but I feel incredibly socially awkward in that, in that instance. Um, so we, we talked about socially awkward. That's somewhat of a myth then. Are there other myths? Are there other things that people tend to say, well, because you're an introvert, you're X or the assumption is this, what, what are some of those other myths? Well, we talked about shy, we talked about socially awkward and outgoing, you know, they must not be outgoing, they must not be friendly. And I remember in, in high school, you know, they said I had a, you know, what face or, you know, I looked too serious and I thought, gosh, I didn't even realize it, but I was so in my head walking around the halls and people that knew me knew I was friendly, but I looked, you know, I looked like I was so serious. They just didn't know the people that didn't know me until they knew me. <laughs> and so I think it's easy sometimes with, with some introverts to think, you know, they, oh, they must not be. Or on lunch, lunch breaks, breaks in general, I'd often go and study alone because walking into the huge room of people was just like energy draining. And in between classes, I needed a little bit of downtime. So it's, you know, giving yourself the permission to do that is huge because then you're going to show up to the next thing with more energy. Um, reclusive, loners, weird, you know, those are other words that you hear a lot. Um, okay, sometimes reclusive, sure. But overall, 100%, you know, they say Al Pacino is a huge introvert and that he is actually reclusive. Okay, that's unique to him, right? There's people yeah. who are. But, but for the most part, I think, we do crave social interaction and we do crave friendships. Fewer, perhaps, deeper ones. We don't need to be friends with everybody. And there's nothing wrong with that. But um, because of kind of conserving our energy, we tend to have a little bit of a smaller group of people who we're deeply connected with. Um, so uh, we're... We're radio, but it's internet radio, so you can you can fully say "resting bitch face" if you okay, want. Okay, that's where that's where I was going. <laughs> I, I censored myself just in case. <laughs> they used to say I had a resting resting bitch face. <laughs> I've got a resting bitch body, is what I was told. No, so. <laughs> no, but but it's it's interesting that that kind of the first seven seconds somebody makes an impression, and because you're studying or you're deep in thought, then mm -hmm. you have resting bitch face. And that's a, that I, I can imagine how many times um, people just in general deal with that. It's just like, just because I'm thinking and I'm not smiling ear to ear, to ear fakely. Um, <laughs> but then you've got, you know, I live in the South and you want to talk about, you know, the, the, ble I call them the bless your heart moms. Now they've got the smile ear to ear all done up and they're, they're going to trash talk you as soon as you walk away. I'm like, <laughs> bless his heart. Did yes. you see what he was wearing? You know, there's that going on. Uh, so I prefer the uh, the non fake uh, interaction would be much better. <laughs> so so you, true. <laughs> <laughs> you had said um, in, in kind of one of your pre questions that you know how do you make the best of being an introvert in an ex extrovert favored world? But bef before we get into that, is it an extrovert favored world? Why why do you or why do you say or maybe even phrase it that way? I should say we live in an extroverted country, and that is statistically, you know, what they say, um, when you read um, on the topic, they say about a third, about a third of us are introverts, but a lot of people don't know they are, or a lot of people are hiding it, because they're embarrassed, they don't want to admit it. So, yeah. But then, but then when you look at DISC, right, 3% are Ds, 14% are Is, so the 17% is outgoing, and then the 83% is reserved. 
So that's why, right? They, so if you look uh-huh. at the statistics there, your high S, which is your 69%, then you've got your other percentage in Cs. Um, and I always leave that. I do that on purpose because if you are a C, you're calculating what percent you are based on the fact that I gave you three of the four numbers. But uh, <laughs> you're already is that 17. Is that what okay. um, I'm C I C technically, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that. By the way, side note: when I teach DISC, I, I, um, I normally have everybody take a profile before I teach class, and then I, I have the standard percentages, and then the percentage for the class, and I always make it add up to like one ten or one oh four, <laughs> and um, I let it sit there, and I go through, and when I go to C's, and say, if you if you have any doubt to the C. Um, who knows that the numbers don't add up? <laughs> they just start I laughing. Love it. I was like, yep, do that on purpose. Gotcha. Oh yeah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I worked for an anesthesiologist, I was measuring out the exactness of this cleaning solution for one of my you know, machines or something. And he's like, Jana, please. Even he, an anesthesiologist, he goes, it doesn't have to be so exact. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, this measuring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want my anesthesiologist to, to yeah, be that, exact. That Just might be to, good. <laughs> uh, three CCs, four, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> He's going to be knocked out. Who cares? Well, what I was <laughs> doing, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> In the aesthetic world, there much different. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's take another break right here. When we come back, let's get into how do you make the best of being an introvert in an extrovert world. And we'll do that right after the break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. At the Work-Life Balance, we like to ask simple questions to our executives and portfolio managers. Are you picking your projects based on what the organization can spend, or is it based on what your resources can realistically achieve? This question, if not answered properly, can cause great strain on your staff, limiting the return on investment. When creating project selection criteria, does your organization attempt to understand the amount of resources needed to complete the work? Is this done in spreadsheets or at a high level? What if we told you there was a simple and easy solution that was built with resource planning in mind? We call it Resource First from PDWare. Resource First was built with resource planning as its foundation. We have years of experience that proves before a company fine-tunes its project and portfolio management processes. Without a process for resource planning, the best processes and algorithms can fall flat. Resources should be first when deciding the strategy of taking an organization forward. Find out more at PDWare. PDWare.com. Put your people first with Resource First from PDWare. Join us at PDWare.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. And for those of you that ask about the music as the lead into the show, that is a group called The Party that I produce. And we're very, very thankful to Disney for finally releasing all of their album catalogs on Spotify. That took almost, I don't know, we say 30 years is, is how long the music has been out there, but probably 10 to 15 years to get it digitized. So we're very, very appreciative. And you can find their entire catalog now at Spotify slash The Party. Coming back with uh, Jonna. So Jonna, uh, right as we were going into break, we talked about how do you make the best of being an introvert in an extrovert favored world? Yeah, so... I think accepting one's strengths and weaknesses, you know, and also stretching yourself, growing in the areas, you know, and one of the things too, when you connect with somebody, 
if, you know, letting them know, hey, this is who I am and I'm okay with that. And maybe let enlightening them a little bit on your personality, maybe helping to dispel those myths that they're unaware of. Um, I think that helps. And having a really supportive network of colleagues, mentors, you know, for me, I've always enjoyed having a good coach in my personal and business life. Um, but friends that understand you, that don't judge you and try and make you feel bad for, you know, being the way that you are, which can be annoying if you don't want to go to that gathering or, you know, and if they're trying to peer pressure you into it or something like that, but just having people that understand you for who you are. Um, and then on another note too, I think making the best would be to find the areas that really matter to you. Um, if, if it's helping people in any way, shape or form or whatever it is to you, taking action is so incredibly important and making the best of it by not just over preparing, which is extremely easy to do and a bad habit that I get into myself. Um, because you do, you have to just pull the trigger and launch as well. Yeah, that is, that's, I think you and he, you and I even had a conversation about that, but you, you were saying that you had to overcome kind of this, um, thought pattern that everything had to be perfect before Absolutely. You the trigger. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you still when struggling was, with that or are you just getting, is it just getting easier to go, okay, I got to go and then I'll figure it out. I would say it doesn't get easier, but I know better now. So I don't do it as, as much. I still do it, but almost to a healthy extent for me, because it really does help me to show up in the ways that I need to my best. But remember earlier when you mentioned how you can just wing it and you, yeah. you even said, I don't know if that's good or bad. I will purposefully put myself in situations to do that. Um, and it's not like I, I pick and choose. Sometimes I just do need to wing it and I go for it. And I know that it's not going to be perfect. And I know that I might feel, oh, you know, that didn't look so great. I'm learning that it's okay. And that, okay, I'll laugh at it. And that's the thing. It's okay to just kind of laugh at it instead of be embarrassed. Yeah, we I all do it. The thing about winging it for me is it's more, so I have, I have someone I coach and um, they have a fear of initiating the sales call. And the, and, the, and the fear is, is that they don't know all the objections that are going to be raised and they're fearful that they lose the sale. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but I don't care. We could spend the next six years and the very first call is going to throw an objection your way that we haven't prepared for. So yes. if you're confident in you and your product, then it doesn't matter. We mm-hmm. should just go and you should just make the call and you'll find out if you do lose that sale, nah, I need to be a little bit better at this. But we could prepare for nine years and you can never, you won't be in any better spot than you are today to go make that phone call. Right. And and you helped him understand that, right. By being his coach. I hope so. Mm -hmm. It's still, it's still, you know, it's still, I'm scared. I don't know what to say. And then we go, okay, well tell me how it goes after the call. And then I get the phone call. It's like, yeah, that went really well. And I felt like, you know, and so it's reminding them of that feeling, right. Mm -hmm. In, in terms of, of that piece. But um, I think it's it's interesting. So, you know, that's a little advice that that I share with people in terms of winging it. It's, it doesn't just obviously I'm prepared, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that I know what it is that that who I am and what I can talk about. Um, but um, what are some of the uh, pieces of advice that you would share with an audience, specifically around you know they're an entrepreneur, they feel like they're introverted or are there some tips and tricks that you could give them that uh, would, would hopefully make life a little bit easier for them? Yeah. Well, you kind of hit on one point about, you know, none of us are perfect. It's not going to happen. So um, when I was looking at one of my videos that was absolutely not even close to being perfect, the point was just doing it right. Because being an introvert, not having done it, just do it. And it's going to suck at first. It's just, it is. I remember Paul Martinelli with John Maxwell says, you're going to suck at first. It's just the way it is. It's part of the process, but then you'll get better. And, you know, and one thing you just mentioned as well with the, with um, your client, I was told by my amazing business coach, he said, Jonna, you could go back on that video for years and years and years, and it's still not going to be exactly what you want. So I've kind of learned, yep, let it go. Self-talk is one huge one. We all know that. It's for anyone, extroverts, introverts. It doesn't matter who you are. But for us introverts, because we tend to internalize more, the way that you talk to yourself is huge. Affirmations help immensely for me. I have them on one you know, sheet of paper, read them out loud every day. It just kind of helps pump me up and prepare me for the day. Um, for me, prayer, for a lot of other people, it might be meditation. Um, I think not sitting too long with your thoughts as an introvert is good, you know, sitting long enough, but there's gotta be a point where you get out there and you interact with others, talk it out to a trusted friend. 
Um, I didn't touch on this earlier, but we do tend to be pretty private. Um, I have been told that so many times it's not even funny. I'd rather ask the questions rather than have the center of attention on me. And so being in this business, that changes everything, right? So, which is good um, because people need to get to know you. You have to build rapport in many businesses, not just in the coaching and consulting world. Um, I think getting a mentor or a coach, or again, having that supportive family and friend network is huge for people. Um, and breaking it down into small steps, kind of like you tell people about, you know, breaking down your goals into small steps. I tend to go from here and I want to get it done way over there. I want to yeah. get to the destination. Right. And so I'm glad I'm like that because I can help my coaching clients and say, okay, slow down, cowboy. Let's yeah, go, yeah. let's go here. And then we're going to go here and kind of, you know, break it down. Um, and then going back to the why that is one of the biggest pieces of advice. And I know we hear it a lot, but people need to know what their why is. What is their purpose for doing it? Because that is what will drive the introvert to taking some steps that maybe they don't want to take, to doing some things that they don't really want to do. So those are those are a few things. And the why's got to be pretty big too. Absolutely, it's, it's got to be bigger. Well, than I want to make more money. Absolutely. Right, because it, it, but I think a lot of us start there. Mm -hmm. why in, in again referencing paul and i love that is whenever you ask somebody what they want the first thing they do is tell you the 10 things they don't want anymore but yeah. that's not yeah well i don't i don't want to have to work for anybody and i don't want to worry about bills and i don't want to have to be tied to my desk okay th those three things you don't want what is it that you want like absolutely where do you want to go although i was asked a question yesterday of, of what's your perfect life and i was like i don't know you know, and you've started to talk it out and that kind of stuff. I thought that was a great question. It's a great question. Yeah. Just what, what, what is it? What is a perfect day in a perfect life for you look mm -hmm. like? And uh, so I've, I've actually been churning on that over the last couple of days, trying to come up with, you know, what, what does that look like? What is that? Because we all get stuck in that hamster wheel. We don't know how to get out sometimes. We um, do. And that, you know, we do an exercise that's called the perfect day, which is funny that you said that. That was one of my coaching trainings. And what do you hear? What do you smell? What do you feel? Where are you? You know, and digging really, really deep into figuring that out. And I think it's a phenomenal exercise. So that's oh, good yeah. that you're working on it. Well, and so from a coaching perspective, let, let's dispel some myths real quick around coaching mm -hmm. in, in general. Right. So do you need to be an expert in my business in order to coach me? No. And that's definitely a myth that you do need to be an expert. And why is that? Because the person that you are coaching is the expert of their life. And I don't know enough about Rick Morris. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know how you wake up and how you go to bed. And if your energy is low in the beginning of the day and not at the end of the day and, you know, um, all the ins and outs of your business. I can assume it. I can read all I want on business. Doesn't mean that I know your business. Sure. And so it, it almost, you know, kind of a conclusion that we're coming to here is that introverts can make really, really strong coaches because the natural tendency is to not speak. The natural tendency is to ask questions and mm -hmm. the natural tendency is to listen. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's interesting. Versus, you know, an extrovert spends 45 minutes of the hour uh, telling <laughs> them about, you know, your day, which is not what you're there to be coached for. What, uh, what, what's one of your kind of go-to quotes from, from any of these people that we've talked about? We talked about, you know, you had a Brian Tracy quote in, in the uh, beginning, but what's one of your kind of go-to quotes that is a helper or a driver of your why? Well, it's actually one of my advice ones that I was going to wait till the end to share. Do you want, oh, me, to share okay. nope, you want me to save it? Okay. No, no, yeah, let's save it. That's save <laughs> okay. it. All right. That's really good. That's really good. Call it me out on that one. Um, so talk about uh, just, a, again, in your business, um, putting yourself out there. Um, how many times did you do that first video? And tell me your process today on the videos that you're doing. So I'm, I'm assuming these are like Facebook lives or Facebook videos or something of that sort to kind of reach out. Yeah. Things to use for marketing or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I sped it up actually pretty quickly because I needed to get them out. I did a 30 day challenge, which for me was good, right? Because sure. I don't have a choice. You got to do it every day for 30 days. 
So, and my coach said, just get it out there. It's not all about being perfect and, you know, the quality yet. But now fast forward, I've done some that were, it was important to do the quality. So I didn't retake a lot because I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. Like we talked about, and I was okay with that because I've gotten to that point. It took a while. It took a long time, but now I'm at that point. So just not really being too concerned about other people because of the why we go back to that because it's not about me. So who cares if I sound silly or whatever? Hopefully there's something in the message that is going to reach one human being. That matters to me. Therefore, just do it. So that's kind of the approach that I, that I took with the videos. It's not easy. I still have to talk myself into doing it. I'm not going to lie. I do. But it's, it has gotten easier to not care. It doesn't have to be perfect. That part is what I launch a lot faster, if that makes sense. Do you go back and watch it after you've Nope. It? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> nope. I knew that. I knew the answer before then. Before then. Yep. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> For very good reason, as yeah. you well know. <laughs> then we might be having a different conversation about how I'm never going to do a video again. <laughs> I think it's important. Every once in a while, I'll go back and see something I put out there. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember saying that, dude. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yes. Yeah. In the ones that I'm editing prof professionally and actually going to be using for some things like getting ready for a course that I'm going to launch, I, I do. I do have to go back in. That's important. I need to know that it was edited in a way that it's going to reach somebody who's never met me, that is maybe specifically to um, target people who are unemployed that want to get a hold of me for career coaching or transition. So now that's different than just my social media posts, um, at least at this point. So sure. Sometimes, yes, I do have to go back and look, <laughs> which so is gonna, good for us to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take our final break right here, and we'll be back with John to ask the question we ask of every one of our guests. Also, to find out a little bit more about her and her business, we'll do that right on the other side of this break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions, like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance. And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon, visiting with Jonna Danielle. And, and Jonna and I have been having a, a really just kind of frank discussion of what it's like to be an introvert and, and some of the things that you've had to learn and or overcome. You know, one thing we didn't touch on though was like networking. Like how, how do you feel about like going to a networking and how do you prepare and how does that go for you? 
So definitely I prepare by listening to music, making sure that I talk myself into it, maybe exercising beforehand. And then during for introverts is important too. Um, you know, finding the people who you want to have the one-on-one conversations with. It is intimidating because again, we're kind of wanting to be sort of internal and listening to a lecture versus going to a networking event and interacting with a lot of people being overstimulated, which is a huge thing for introverts, you know. Um, one funny thing I've read and I also experienced is just excuse yourself to the bathroom or go for a walk outside or something where you can be with yourself and giving yourself permission to do that. It makes a world of difference. Remembering to breathe um, and ask questions if you're more comfortable with that um, in those situations. And sometimes even preparing those questions ahead of time sounds silly, but it has definitely worked for me. And I know a lot of people who that works for um, after networking events is equally as important. And usually just planning something to unplug, whether that's a movie or a book or um, you know, putting your phone away. And that's what I do after each IMC day. I make sure that I go to the pool or you know, go with my mom to dinner and do something to just really unplug so that you're recharged for the next day. Or if, if it's at work, you know, that you're doing a networking thing, making sure that, again, you plan something for afterwards you might not be the funnest person in the world if you're an introvert that's drained and then you go home to the family and yeah. you know it just you do you it takes some planning if that makes yeah. sense if you really want to you know feel good and everything so yeah i i end up planning almost two days after imc that i i just hang out at the hotel afterwards just before yes. i re-engage it, exactly just because it's so much well one day to sleep that's that's <laughs> <laughs> to, to catch up on that. But um, you, you hit me with the music thing. So I'm wondering what an introvert listens to to pump themselves up. Is it a little hit them up from Tupac? You go Justin <laughs> Bieber? Like, what is it? It is a little bit of everything. And it depends on the day. And it depends on a new song that I might have heard. But I love so many different genres. <laughs> Good question. Well, what was interesting is is when you came on, I was, so I, I listened to music right before the show to kind of get my energy level up. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it, it changes. Today was uh, was uh, jumping by Jake Miller. That's what was getting me going. <laughs> nice. um, so how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you? So my website is johnadanielle.com and I am going to spell it because people tend to get my name wrong, understandably. So it's J-O-H-N-N-A-D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E.com or johnadaniellecoaching at gmail.com. Perfect. And so what are some of the other things you're working on? I mean, you've got so many kind of irons in the fire. Just give us some high levels on a couple of the other things that you're doing right now. So I'm doing my one-on-one coaching and mastermind groups right now. A, a little bit of corporate consulting slash coaching, which you would understand, Rick, with our John Maxwell tools. Yep. So I've got my business and then I'm doing some of the things with Maxwell. Um, disc reports, career impact reports, of course. Um, and then I'm working on my first online signature program and it's relevant to what's going on right now. I really want to help people who are unemployed laid off, which we've had a ton of people, including myself. And also we know that we're going to see more of that in, in different, um, fields like the airline industry, et cetera. So also people in transition, right? I came out of a big, huge transition and I want to help people that might be in a situation where maybe they love what they do, but they don't love certain aspects about it and they want to get into something different. So this course is called Landing Your Dream Job. And I'm working with my business coach on creating that. And it should be done in a couple of months. So I'm really excited about that. And then another one is um, we're, I'm going to be starting a nonprofit with a business partner, my friend Annie. And it's coming from the world of medical aesthetics that I came from. And she's in, um, she's a hairdresser and owns a salon and spa over here in Washington state. We both in our careers had a lot of cancer patients and they would come in and from the diagnosis to, you know, going through treatment to after treatment, there was a lot of question marks. There was a lot of um, concerns and a lot of feeling alone. And we'd hear these things. And one day we talked about this years and years after both of us had seen it. And, you know, we both have a huge heart in this area uh, for numerous reasons. And so we're working on creating a nonprofit that is going to be kind of like almost a concierge kind of thing where people will go to a website. It's going to offer cancer coaching. It's going to offer, um, you know, an experience of if, if, if it's a female and they're going through breast cancer or any kind that maybe they would lose their hair. 
um, helping to make that process, you know, um, as, as good as possible. And also knowing a lot of people in our area, the surgeons who might do breast removal, nipple tattooing, makeup, you name it. We've got so many people's names that we've written down the best of the best to help give resources to people. So that's really exciting. We're working on that as well. Outstanding. And so what's some of the best advice you've ever received? So it's actually a quote for me from Joyce Myers. And it is, I believe the greatest gift that you can give your family and the world is a healthy you. Tied into that is the one that we've always heard, which is put on your own oxygen mask first. And I think that it is incredibly vital for introverts and any human being. You have to take care of yourself if you're going to be your best for your family, your coworkers, for anyone in the world. So I'm a movie quote guy. And the fact that you just did that, I go right to four Christmases. Uh, even the FAA <laughs> wants me to put my oxygen mask on, <laughs> exactly. which I understand that whole scene was uh, improv. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't written. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and so any last words that you'd like to, to leave for our audience today? Anyone who wants to reach out to me via email or the website, I do complimentary consultations and strategy sessions. So I would love to connect with you on the topic we discussed today or on anything in general, life or business. Well, Jana, it's, it, it's a pleasure to see you. Normally we see each other at least twice a year and it's, it's yes. been a bit, it's been a while. I'm ready for, uh, I, I'm ready for at least uh, a way for us to start to, to get together again and, and experience some growth and learning opportunities. So appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing this with everyone. And we look forward to hearing what you're going to be doing in the future. Thank you so much for having me today, Rick. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Jonna. Next week, we're going to have Michelle Baxo on. Michelle was with us uh, probably six, seven months ago. Uh, so this is the uh, the second time uh, uh, that she'll be joining us. And we had a fantastic conversation. She runs uh, Loving Life Guidance. Um, and so we're super excited for that. Um, that will be next Friday. Otherwise, please reach out at, at Rick A. Morris or Rick A. Morris on LinkedIn or Facebook or at rickamorris.com. Uh, always love to hear feedback from the show, suggestions for other guests, uh, things that you love, things that you didn't like, all that stuff. Uh, I, I read and respond to all of that personally and, and certainly appreciate all the feedback. Otherwise, we will see you guys next Friday at the same time, the same channel. Uh, we ask you to stay on and continue listening to the Voice America Business Channel uh, and the Voice America Business Network. Uh, and until next Friday, we hope that you live your own work-life balance. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.